Coming up this week on Breaking Badness, today we discuss the Android Security Bulletin of February 2019, the security content of the iOS 12.1.4 update, and phishing attacks against Facebook via Google Translate. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number one, recorded on February 11th, 2019. I'm your co-host, Kelsey LaBelle, self-proclaimed wordplay pundit. With me, co-host Emily Hacker, who has at different points been called advanced, persistent, and a threat. And last but not least, Tim Helming, whose pithy self-description buffer is currently empty. Welcome, everybody. How are you doing today? Hey, doing good. good. We're a bit snowed in here in Seattle, Washington, so we're coming to you live from three different locations. Very exciting stuff. Technology is making it happen. Yes. <laughs> and for people who don't live in Seattle, you know, we've got like seven millimeters of snow, so we're basically paralyzed. Yes. It sneezed snow, and here we are. Yes. Can't handle it. No, actually, it's not true. There's, there's quite a bit. There is. There is indeed. Perfect. Well, let's tee up the first article that we're going to talk through today, which is this Android security bulletin that came out in February. Emily, can you break down exactly what types of fixes this patch is after? The security update itself, as you know, per usual, had a couple of things it was fixing, but the most major, the most important bug that it was fixing was actually to patch a vulnerability where an attacker could send a specially crafted PNG file that would enable the attacker to then execute arbitrary code. So what that means basically is that by just by sending uh, an image over, you know, via text or maybe sending a malicious link that would lead to the malicious PNG file, um, an attacker could basically download malicious software, malware onto your phone, which is not ideal. Um, there was no reports of this being exploited in the wild, but that's just reports. So, I mean, there's always a chance it was, um, and it affected a lot of Android versions. So it affected Nougat, which is version seven through Pi, which is version nine, which is the current version. And I actually just checked my phone this morning to make sure. And it is the February 5th, 2019 is the security update date that it'll show on your phone if you're all the way patched. So the way that Android does it is a little bit different. It'll still be called Android version nine, but it'll just have the February 5th, 2019 date if you're all the way up to date. That sounds like a pretty terrifying attack there. And it sounds like there's a vulnerability that allows executing arbitrary code within the context of privilege access. Is that how it works? Yeah. So um, executing arbitrary code would be the arbitrary code would be whatever they want it to be. So that would be the malicious software. They might be able to, um, execute code on your phone that enables them to log what I would call keystrokes on a computer, I guess are also called keystrokes on a phone, and therefore they're able to see everything you're typing in, or they might be able to execute code that's allowing them um, to kind of install a backdoor so they can get back onto your phone later, or um, maybe it's even gonna take screenshots and it can see information about your bank account. When it's just saying it's executing arbitrary code, that just means that pretty much any malware that they want they can execute onto your phone. They just have access to it. So it makes it maybe a little bit more uh, appealing <laughs> to threat actors, uh, to bad guys, because it's kind of like uh, something that they can get their pick of whatever information they want if they know how to ask for it. 
But like I said, no reports of it being exploited in the wild. I have an Android phone and I certainly didn't see any weird PNG files coming my way. So um, that's a good sign. But if someone were using it, definitely not something great. And another thing, since it's Android, the third third party phones and stuff, I'm not sure how quickly they'll get this security update. Since I have a Pixel, I got it immediately. But I know, you know, if you have different brands of phones that aren't made by Google, I know sometimes the security updates roll out late. And now that, now that bad guys, threat actors know about this particular vulnerability, it's possible they'll start using it even if they weren't before. Oh, interesting. Tim, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, uh, a couple things, you know, first of all, uh, this, this would be the first time that anything bad ever happened from strangers sending pictures over text, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Good, just to get that perspective. Now, the next, so I think I know the answer to this, but Emily, so this does not affect Chromebooks, is that correct? This is just for mobile devices? Right, that's correct. Chromebook run on their own OS. They have Chrome OS, uh, Chromium OS, I think it's called. And so unless this bug also exists in Chrome OS, this particular Android OS vulnerability will not affect um, those Chromebooks. Good to know. Yeah. So this this uh, it's good that this got patched so quickly. And and what you said about the third party phones, like that's concerning. I hope that uh, if it still is the case that some of them are slow to do these kinds of updates, I I hope that the world is changing and that they're they're going to get more prompt about this because otherwise, you know, we know this is always the case when there's anything zero day. Um, as soon as anything gets revealed or discovered, it the clock is ticking, right? Exactly. And so the, uh, any attacker that wants to exploit that is going to work as quickly as they can to get in as many and as many attacks as they can before everybody gets patched up. Definitely. And speaking about mobile updates, uh, there was another one that went out this week, actually for iOS specifically for the twelve point one point four update. So I want to give Tim an opportunity to discuss a little bit about what the security update is attempting to fix and what the purpose is or intent was behind this particular update. Sure, yeah. So the uh, the thing that you may have heard about that, that a lot of people uh, talked about that got some attention from that's part of this update has to do with FaceTime. And there's this uh, flaw where on a group FaceTime, a, uh, um, an attacker could uh, eavesdrop before the call was really initiated. So that's a little bit scary. Um, now, having said that, you know, when it comes to the actual people's behavior kind of thing, like, I don't know about you guys, but when I receive a FaceTime call from somebody I don't recognize, I don't answer it. <laughs> and uh, I personally, and maybe I'm an outlier here, I actually have never used nor attempted to use group FaceTime. <laughs> maybe a lot of people do, though. You know, I, I might be an outlier there. But anyway, that felt like it sort of maybe mitigated how widespread this would be. But having said that, it's obviously good that Apple has patched it. And so people should update. But Emily, there's a couple other uh, vulnerabilities that were patched in the same update. And um, can you tell us about those? Yeah, sure. So the two, uh, there was three additional updates that were patched, but two of them I felt were really maybe deserving of a little bit more attention than I saw them receiving. So those are CVE 2019-7286 and 7287. And these are similar but different. So 7286 actually um, enables the attacker to 
to elevate their privileges, and 72.87 enables an attacker to execute arbitrary code with kernel privileges. So used in tandem, that's going to allow someone to basically execute malware on your phone and then elevate their privileges. So that could be pretty serious. Um, and what makes it definitely serious is that the um, a member of the group who found who who discovered the vulnerability. So it was reported by Google Project Zero, which is a organization that discovers vulnerabilities in all kinds of different software. One of the guys who works with Google Project Zero actually tweeted out that it was being exploited in the wild as an O'Day. So that was Ben Hawks. I was trying to find his name. Sorry. He tweeted out that both of those vulnerabilities had been exploited in the wild as O'Days. Um, unfortunately, at this point, I've been digging around. And I haven't really seen any context about how he knew that was being exploited, who was exploiting it, against whom or how. But um, the fact that he said it was being exploited makes it pretty serious because it means that obviously some attacker somewhere knew about it and was using it. So definitely this is one to go ahead and update to 12.1.4 if you haven't already, which I, I feel like most people probably have at this point. But if you haven't, stop wasting time. <laughs> so... Uh... By oh, the sorry. way, I think I, I think I can speculate on what um, people were using that uh, were exploiting that in the wild to do. I think they were using it to send malcrafted PNG files to Android. <laughs> so they're going to have Android phones, most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming together. But but this is but a vicious cycle. Problem, you know, one one thing that gets debated about Apple, you know, versus Android in in mobile, and I wonder you know, what the effect is in terms of these two vulnerabilities you were just talking about, that Apple puts more control over the apps that are inside their walled garden. And, you know, in theory, that means that uh, those apps are vetted and it's, it's a little bit less likely that there will be malicious apps that make it into their app store. We're not going to cover the question of jailbroken phones and stuff like that. But, um, but I think um, maybe that mitigates against this but obviously somebody said they saw it being exploited in the wild so what that says to me is don't assume that just because it made it into the apple app store it truly doesn't have any chance of being harmful especially if it's kind of a more obscure app you know maybe from a developer right. you've never heard of before i think also in this case um i don't actually have any evidence or or knowledge of this but if since it's an os vulnerability it may you may not even have to use your own app at all i wonder if you could text a vulnerable phone a link to a malicious site and then i don't know the person would just browse to it via safari or whatever the internet app on the iphone is called now and um that's a good point yeah uh, yeah arbitrary code would be exploited that way it wouldn't necessarily have to be like let me make an app and put it up in the app store and hope people download it and then Boom. Like, no, there might be a way around this where they just simply can send malicious emails or malicious text messages or even kind of like a watering hole situation, which um, wouldn't get as many people. But maybe if they even just set up a bad website, that was like something that iPhone users might want to visit that would um, download the malware onto their phone. So there are ways around this that don't involve uh, an app. Yep. OK, well, if you guys will excuse me, I'm going to go patch my phone now. <laughs> And speaking of some um, suspicious sites, um, there was a threat actor that was fishing for a bit more than compliments here this week. 
um, <laughs> which <laughs> which leads us to our final article, which is phishing attacks against Facebook via Google Translate. So, Emily, will you break down what this phishing attempt looked like and how the threat actor basically harvested credentials via Google Translate? Yeah, sure. So the um, the guy who wrote the article saw this email coming to himself. So he had a lot of details, which was really good. And he said he received a phishing email that came from an email address that was Facebook underscore uh, secure, but spelled wrong, S-E-C-U-R at hotmail.com. So he said from the mobile device, the friendly name was actually something along the lines of like Google security. And if you're on your your phone and you're checking your email, a lot of times all you'll see is the friendly name on the email. You won't actually see the full um, email address. And the email was crafted to look like the email that Google will send you when you have logged into your account or when someone has logged into your account from a new device. So, I mean, I've gotten this email a ton of times where you're, you get a new computer or you, whatever, you log into your, your Google account, your Gmail or whatever from the new device and it automatically emails you and says, hey, what's this you? Someone did this weird thing. So from his perspective, he um, received an email that looked like it had come from Google that was saying, you had this weird login, was this you? And he works in security. So his first thought was like, oh no, like I didn't do this. Somebody's hacking into my account. Luckily for him, he made the smart choice of then instead of just clicking on the link from his from his phone email, he got on his laptop to check the email because he was planning on doing a little more digging around. And once he was on his computer and accessed his email, it became abundantly clear that this was not a legitimate email. He was able to see that the um, the Facebook underscore secure spelled wrong was clearly not from Google. The whole thing was just kind of a mess. And then um, if you hover over the link or you click on the link in the email body that's supposed to lead you to the page to um, review your Google security login attempt, it actually brings you to a Google Translate page. And now why that is interesting is that it's obscuring the actual malicious URL. So it was leading to a malicious website that was being loaded up through Google Translate. So if you just looked at the URL bar, it was like translate.google.com slash numbers and letters, and then the actual malicious URL. So just a pretty good way of obscuring the malicious URL. And it loaded up and it did look like a Google login page. The only weird thing that definitely stuck out to me and I feel like would stick out to most people is that it at the top, had the Google Translate uh, interface. So it said, you know, translate from English to French. And then on the right side of the page, it said show original or translated. And in this case, original was selected so that the page was displaying in English. And if I saw that on a web page, I feel like that would kind of immediately be a red flag to me that something wasn't right. But perhaps if you were on mobile, it wouldn't be as obvious. I'm not 100% sure. Um, the, the guy who got this email then said that if you, did enter your credentials and click, you know, submit, it then redirected you to a fake Facebook login page asking you to log in with your Facebook credentials, which it would then steal as well. So like logically, this whole phishing attempt is just like bizarre because it's a Facebook, a fake Facebook email address pretending to be Google, sending a Google login warning email that asks for your Google credentials and then redirects to Facebook. So 
I mean, if anyone was paying attention to what they were doing, it would be pretty clear um, pretty quickly that it was not legitimate. But I think there are a lot of people who who trust sites that look correct and might have fallen for this one. So it was um, pretty interesting. I'm I'm sure that the bad guys got a few at least Google and Facebook credentials out of that one. And it was just interesting to see it loading up through Google Translate because it's just another pretty clever, in my opinion, way of obscuring the malicious URL because, you know, in, in corporate security, one of the things we always tell our users is before you click on a link in an email, hover over the link with your mouse and see what it says. And in this case, it would say translate.google.com slash blah, 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 blah. But if to the casual user, they might see google.com and be like, okay, great. And then just click. I can only assume that the fishers were waiting with bated breath um, to see what came through there. It was right there in the preamble. <laughs> You've all been warned. <laughs> we can't help it. More importantly, InfoSec is a lot like charging hell with a squirt gun, um, is what somebody once told me. I think that's a pretty accurate portrayal. And Tim, you came up with this a squirt fit. gun full of gasoline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a little more accurate, yeah. <laughs> um, but Tim, you came up with this great rating scale to help prioritize basically how critical these different examples of nefarious activity are that are coming through these articles. Um, would you mind introducing our audience to this beautiful rating system? Well, anytime you're rating something and trying to apply a numerical value, you need a unit, right? And so I thought about, we're talking about vulnerabilities and attacks and hacking and stuff. And what is an appropriate unit? Well, we all know, cause this has been pretty much accepted worldwide that uh, attackers wear hoodies. So I think the hoodie should be our unit of measure for the severity of an attack. I mean, what do you guys think? You know, we need some unit. Yeah, and it's definitely a a a common universal truth that you you aren't an actual you know threat actor. You're not an actual cyber criminal until you're sitting at your computer hunched over in a black hoodie with the hood on, despite the fact that you're indoors. So yeah, yes. I think the hoodie yeah. scale makes sense. You're probably hacking in that hoodie somewhere where it's like 98 degrees outside too. Definitely. Yeah. Which is why you're hacking. You need money to get your air conditioning fixed. I'm I'm concerned for the inevitable back pain that will result. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just worried about their There's health. There's like, like tech neck and all kind of stuff. There must be like hacker neck or hacker back or something <laughs> that is going to be an ailment of the future. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, I got to say from a safety standpoint, it is good that when they're reaching through your screen to steal your uh, credentials or your money or whatever, they wear black gloves. Mm, that OSHA recommends that, I think, for reaching through <laughs> screen, that you wear yeah. appropriate black gloves. Excellent. It's the only way to stay safe. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think we're all agreed on the hoodie scale. So I think the next thing we need to do is rate the articles. And normally we'll go through this as we um, discuss the articles, but we should rate in hoodies, the hoodie scale, um, the the, how critical basically the articles were we discussed today. So let's start with the Android security bulletin. What are your hoodie scores? Emily, go. Um, I've been thinking about this. I should have thought about it beforehand. I have a, you know, as a person who's worked in security for a long time, I think I have a tendency to under rate these kind of things because just nothing surprises me anymore. So Tim, correct me if, if you think this is a little low, but I'm actually going to give this like a three or a four. 
We're talking about out a five of ten. Scale or a ten hoodie no, scale. No, ten. Good point. Yeah. No, this was a three or four out of uh, three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> three or four out of like ten. Yeah, I um, I think if you are looking at severity, it's kind of a combination of how severe the thing is and how widespread it is. And uh, I I might put it a little higher than that, just because okay. anytime I hear about remote code execution or elevated privileges, I I get a little antsy about that. But having said that, it's true what you said about it's not being widely exploited and mm -hmm. the patches out and all of that. So I might go four hoodies on this one, but okay. I, I can agree with four yeah. world <laughs> situation. Yeah, I definitely I just think the fact that it uh, was patched before it was like announced and there's no exploit code for it, it just drops it a little like down to a four because this just, you know, there's always going to be these kind of bugs and software and you can't be just freaking out every time you know you got to just leave it at four hoodies sometimes <laughs> perfect so what about for the ios update what are hoodies ratings there starting with tim um i'm probably in about the same area for this one um i'm probably going to call this about four hoodies i think there is um there is definitely some risk if it gets um exploited but apple's got the patch out um and hopefully people are patching at this point and we did not get a lot of specifics about how it might be getting exploited in the wild so i think i'm gonna at the risk of being boring here i think i'm gonna give this a four hoodie out of ten also yeah i agree with that i think the fact that it supposedly um has been exploited as an o-day makes it on the higher end of four, but it doesn't push it above four necessarily because the patch is already out. So just patch and you're good. Excellent. Let's finish this up with the phishing attacks against Facebook via Google Translate. What are you feeling about this one, Emily? Hmm. I actually feel like this one's kind of low, like a like a one or two hoodies. It's just another another means of phishing and honestly not even the best I've seen, not even close to the best I've seen. It it has some glaring you know, holes, it's pretty obvious if, even if you don't really know what you're looking for. So I'm going to, I'm going to put it at a one or a two. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'd probably put this at a one because it looks like it's relatively easy to, to detect. And um, in the world of uh, making phishing attacks that are really hard to pick up on, this just doesn't, it doesn't get there. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, we wanted to talk about it because there's, kind of some novelty value to it, honestly. Yeah. But um, but I agree. I think this is kind of a one hoodie level thing. Awesome. I'd say it's a relatively light hoodie week. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty of hoodies next week, though. <laughs> well, send them my way so I can stay warm in this snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, that's all we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at blog.domaintools.com backslash breaking dash badness. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.